You are listening to the weekly podcast from Journey Christian Church. For more information about Journey, please check out our website at journeychristian.com. We are a community of fully devoted disciples of Jesus who reach out to love our neighbors, serve the hurting, and develop leaders for ministry. Hey, we are, we're going to uh, look today at Matthew chapter 2. We're going to look at the scripture in Matthew, specifically looking at the lens of the Christmas story through the wise men. And Matthew chapter 2 starts off right at the beginning. It says, Jesus was born in Bethlehem. And we kind of just read that when we keep going. But what Matthew wanted you and I to know is, listen, right off the bat, Jesus is fulfilling the prophecy that we've been waiting for. And there's a lot of prophecies and he's just checking the list. And he says, one of them is where he was born. And he says, hey, Jesus was born in Bethlehem. Pay attention, reader. That's what he's saying. And so then he introduced us to the wise men, magi. These were astrologers and stargazers. Okay, they're not like, you know, you can think maybe magicians. They, they weren't magicians. These were some of the top educated people of their time. They were way more educated than the average person. That's why they were called wise men. Magi is plural, meaning two or more. And I'm gonna burst on me y'all's nativity scene bubble. We don't know how many wise men there were. Some of y'all are like, yes, we do. There's three in my nativity scene. <laughs> and that's what I'm gonna tell everybody. Listen, somebody just thought, hey, let's make something up. Nobody will notice. And so somebody somewhere made it up and we just kept saying, hey, three cells better for a nativity scene. We don't know how many. Okay, we know that the word is plural, so it's two or more. There could have been six, there could have been 20. This is what I, this is what I would, would guess is they didn't travel. If it was three, it wasn't just three of them. It takes an entourage to travel the distance that they traveled. Then it says that they were led by a star from the east. So let's look at the map. Okay, this is where, this is where we're going. This is Bethlehem, this is the destination. Okay, now the word Magi is, is a Persian word. Okay, in the modern day Persia would be Iran. So it would be way over here. Now, we don't know if that's where they're from, but with it being a Persian word, it's a best guess that maybe they came from over here or uh, worst case scenario, uh, as far as distance, it would be in Babylon, which is modern day Iraq, or they came from the desert over here. So it would be one of these three places. If it was Iran, they would have traveled about 1400 miles from the east uh, following the star. 1,400 miles. If it was from uh, Babylon or the desert, which is Iraq or the desert, it could have been anywhere from 600 to 800 miles. Now listen, they don't have any frequent fire points, okay? <laughs> they don't have any cars. We're talking, they are walking. They're going by camel. Uh, I don't know what they're doing. They're rolling down hills. I don't know how they traveled. I just know that's a really, really, really long ways. And what they are doing every step of the way is a divine travel GPS. They are following a star. And here's, here's what I'd say. The distance shows they had the means and that they were on a mission. They followed the star all the way to Bethlehem. And when they showed up to Bethlehem, they started talking about this king of the Jews, which is awesome for everybody unless you already think you're the king of the Jews. And that's exactly what Herod thought. So enter this guy named Herod who thinks and has the title King of the Jews. And when somebody comes up after his title, he begins to get jealous. He begins to get overprotective. He begins to freak out. Let me ask you, if somebody came after your title, how would you respond? 
Would you trust God or would you begin to live in fear? Herod decided to live in fear. This is what I would say. There's always something or someone that competes with the crown of Jesus. There's always something or someone that competes with the crown of Jesus. I don't know what it is in your life, but I think it's our job to identify what can compete with Jesus in my life. Let's point that out and then go from there. Here's what I find fascinating. Herod was wise enough to recognize the Old Testament prophecies about the Messiah, but so arrogant, he thought he could thwart them. Like when I read that, I'm like, what a moron. <laughs> like, what are you doing? Like you have enough faith to believe in the Old Testament, the, the prophecies, you, you, like, you have enough faith to believe in that, but, but then you're so arrogant to think that you can actually do your own thing. And then as I'm calling him a moron, I think I do that. Like I believe in God. I think you and I, we do this. Like we believe in God, but how many times do we know what God's telling us to do and we take God's commands as suggestions? Like, hey God, thanks for the advice. I'll take it from here. And when we do that, we act less like wise men and women and more like Herod. And I would caution us when we get to that place of arrogance. So here's what I wanna do. I'm gonna walk through three things we can learn from the wise men. Very first thing that we learn on their journey is to keep looking up. You see, they had to follow the star. And if they're looking down at their feet their whole time, if they're just looking the next step, they're not gonna know what direction they're going. And we gotta keep looking up. I don't know where you're at in your journey, but I'd say keep looking up. Every time you look to somebody or something else, it's all gonna disappoint us. But what won't disappoint you is Jesus. And I would say wherever you're at in your journey towards Jesus, towards those 1400 miles, just keep looking up. And every time I look at Jesus, everything else seems to be okay. And every time I take my eyes off of Jesus, everything seems to fall apart. And so the wise men, they just kept looking up. And I love that. On your journey, keep looking for God, for answers, for directions, for hope, for healing. And the Bible is one of the main stars that we have to get those answers and directions. This is what 2 Timothy says. It says, all scripture is God-breathed and useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Now, listen, if you don't have a Bible, we'd love to give you a Bible. In Lake County, there's a Bible underneath your seat. You can just take that and grab that. You don't need to hide it. You're not stealing it. We're giving it to you. Okay, and, and Apopka, if you don't have a Bible, there's a, a Bible in the seat back in front of you. You don't know where to start. Open up the very bo- uh, beginning. There's a little note from me and a QR code that'll teach you how to walk through the Bible. We wanna give you the Bible. We believe the Bible is a great North Star. Amen, church? And I'm blown away at how many people are trying to journey in this world and, and they're neglecting the word of God in their life. And it's like God saying, hey, listen, I have a star for you. I'll give you direction. It'll give you correcting. It'll give you guidance. Just get into it. And so if you don't have a Bible, take that Bible. That's our gift from us to you. Here's what I know. Where you look determines where you go. Where you look determines where you go. Because when you look somewhere, my feet are now pointed where I'm looking. When I look someplace, my feet are going. That where you look is where you go. Richard Evans said it like this. He says, your direction is more important than your speed. Your direction is more important than your speed. And in this season of Christmas and toys and kid toys, I thought, man, let me bring out a kid toy. I have here a, a bull truck. Don't know what that is, but a bull truck. Very classic toy here. This is one of those kind of toys that you kind of wind up or I don't know which way you go. Yeah, you go this way and then you let it go and it just takes off. 
Like these have been around for decades. Jesus probably had one of these, okay? <laughs> Here's the deal. Around Christmas time, it's just like, go, go, go. Go faster, get in the car. Kids, get in the car. You know, we're just going, going, going. We don't even know what direction. All I know is, is, is what Richard Evans is saying, what we're saying, what the Bible's saying is, is your speed, where, how fast you're going is not nearly as important as the direction you're going. You see, the wise men, they could have been going 100 miles an hour, but if they were going west instead of east, or, or, or east instead of west, they would be lost. If they were going south, they would have been lost more in the desert. And so I don't know where you're at, but I would say, as you are going, make sure you're going in the right direction. It's not about your speed. In this season where it's all about speed up, speed up, speed up, I would say, slow down, slow down, slow down. We talked about the the speed of Jesus, the three mile per hour God before, about how following Jesus, walking with Jesus is at a slower pace, that love doesn't happen when we rush. Matter of fact, a lot of good things don't happen when we're in a rush. And in this season of go, 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 hurry, 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 I would say, take a deep breath before your day starts, say, hey, just align your wheels. Am I going in the right direction? Or are my feet pointed in the right direction? Then after you get in the right direction, then take off. Just take off. But I love that idea. Your direction is more important than your speed. So the first thing we learn from the wise men is keep looking up. Second thing we learn is to keep moving forward. As we see in this map, this was a, a long distance to be able to go from here to here. And back then they didn't have the modes of transportation we do today. I, I don't know how far they would have gone in one day, but, but possibly with the horizon and mountains, after one day, a full day of travel, if that were me, I, I would ask the question that annoys all of you. After the first day, I'd be like to the other two wise men, I'd be like, hey, are we there yet? <laughs> and they would look at me and like, Dustin, like literally that's our house. Like we could still see our house. <laughs> like literally that's your house right there. It's only, been, it's only been 12 hours and we've gone 40 feet. Like guys, can we, like, what are we doing here? You see the, the trek in our faith, as you and I are on a journey to find and follow Jesus, Sometimes it could seem long. Sometimes it could seem difficult. I mean, I got to imagine this journey wasn't a bed of roses. It had some challenges. But the only reason they were able to arrive to, to the King Jesus is because they kept moving forward. And I don't know where you're at in your life. You, I'm sure in one area or another, you're discouraged. And what I would say is, in your discouragement, don't plateau. In your discouragement, keep moving forward. Listen, it doesn't need to be some giant leap. Some of you don't have enough mental, emotional, spiritual stamina to take a giant leap. Some of you just need to take an inch, just a little bit. You know what I'm doing right now? I'm moving forward. May not be a lot, but I'm moving forward. It may, it may take a little bit longer than I want, but I'm moving forward and I'm in the right direction to see the king. And I, sooner or later, I'm going to see the king. Sooner or later, I'm going to have a healthy marriage. Sooner or later, I'm going to break the habits because I'm moving forward. The wise men found Jesus because they kept moving forward. You see, for them to travel that distance, it had a cost. You better believe it had a cost. They literally left everything and everybody behind to go find the king, to find the Messiah. And that traveling, that, that, that came at a, a cost. And the question is this, 
Do you see what Jesus is asking of you as a cost or as an opportunity? Let me ask that again. Do you see what Jesus is asking of you as a cost or as an opportunity? Because here's two questions I think show whether you understand the heart of Jesus or you don't. And the two questions are this. People that don't understand the heart of Jesus say, what do I have to do? People that understand the heart of Jesus say, what do I get to do? And there's a big difference. There's a big difference. Listen, if your belief in God is a have to and not a get to, then chances are you stepped in (laughs) doo-doo. Guys, I was so tired last night when I wrote, I'm so sorry. That, that's probably the lamest thing I've ever said, okay? I am so sorry. I am, I am so sorry. I, I promise I'm gonna do better, okay? I'm gonna do better. You deserve better, okay? Around here we say there's always a next step when following Jesus. It doesn't have to be a leap. Just keep moving forward. And your relationship with Jesus, let me ask you, when was the last time you did something he asked you to do? I would say, find out what he's asking you to do and go do it. Day by day, my father-in-law has this saying that I hear a lot. He says, just steady plotting. Just steady plotting, little bit by little bit, every day, little bit, just keep moving forward, steady plotting. Listen, your marriage is not gonna change overnight. But day by day, little by little, date night by date night, word by word, over time, you'll realize your marriage is no longer in the desert. It's no longer where it used to be. God's brought it into a whole new place. Zechariah 4.10, do not despise these small beginnings for the Lord rejoices to see the work begin. Listen, your finances won't change overnight, but once you get a budget and you start saying no to things today so you can say yes to things tomorrow, you learn to save, learn to tithe, learn to pay off bills and debt. Sooner and later, you're not gonna be in the financial desert. Sooner or later, you're gonna be more than enough. Your character that you're trying to change, maybe it's to kick a habit, maybe it's to be more patient, be more forgiving, control your anger, use your words for hope, not harm. And you begin to pray, you begin to read the Bible, you slow down to hear from God, sooner or later the habit's gone. The patience has has arrived, you are generous with forgiveness, you're in control of your anger and you speak life instead of death over people, all because you just kept moving forward. Listen, it's not gonna happen overnight. You're not gonna see baby King Jesus in the manger Tonight, there's 1,400 miles, but keep moving forward. First thing that the wise men did is they kept looking up. The second thing is they kept moving forward. The third thing they did is they kept the main thing, the main thing. You see, around this time of year, it's so easy to make Christmas about so many other things other than Jesus, right? I mean, we just see that, it's so easy. Even Advent calendars, like like Advent calendars are all about the countdown of Jesus. They have nothing to do with Jesus. And it's, I'm not knocking them, I have them, I love them. I'm just saying they don't have anything to do with Jesus. Like, we, it's so easy for us to just remove Jesus from Christmas this time of year. I heard someone several years ago, they said, man, isn't, isn't that crazy? I was like, what, what's crazy? Like, what are the odds that Jesus' birthday would be on Christmas? Like, what are the odds? I'm like, I'm like, you for real, man? He's like, yeah, isn't that crazy? I'm like, yeah, man, that's crazy. Like, like, it's so easy for us to forget, like the whole point of Christmas is Jesus' birth, is the King of Kings, is the, the Messiah. And it's so easy for us to do. And that's funny, but it's also sad. Listen to how the wise men made the main thing, the main thing. Matthew 2, 11 says this, on coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother, Mary, 
and they bowed down and worshiped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Listen, they just traveled possibly up to 1,400 miles and they arrive. I don't know what kind of king they were looking for. I don't know if they were thinking it was a grown man, but they arrive and it's this little toddler. And they don't say, hey, Mary, hey, Joseph. Let me tell you, this trip was exhausting. Oh my goodness, this better been worth it. Is somebody getting reimbursed me for my gas? I mean, what is going on? Like they didn't show up and make it all about them. They showed up and they bowed down and brought extravagant gifts to Jesus. Not because they had to, but because they got to. They didn't see it as an obligation. They saw it as an opportunity. And so many times when I think you and I have our worst days, it's when we make something about us instead of about him or others. And this holiday season, don't make that party you're going to about you. Don't make the Christmas present and the disappointment because you didn't get what you wanted about you. It's not about you. It's about him. And the more that I look at the star, the more I make it about him, the more I keep the main thing, the main thing, you know what we get in return? Peace, love, and joy. We're, we're almost guaranteed disappointment. Well, I'll say not almost, we are guaranteed disappointment when we take Jesus out of anything from the main thing. And so when we're talking about putting Jesus at the center, it's not just for his benefit, it's for ours. Now I'm gonna, some of y'all, I'm gonna rock your world and massively disappoint you yet again. Here, I wanna put up this verse again. This is Matthew 2, 11. You go to the verse. There you go. On coming to the house. Okay, not manger. Some of you are like, uh-oh, Okay. On coming to the house, they saw the baby child with his mother, Mary. Okay, so here's the deal. Some of y'all need to go home and you need to look at the nativity scene and you need to say, what is going on? Okay, because you got wise men with baby Jesus and that's not in the Bible. And then you're going to look at them and go, why is there three of you? Was there three of you? Why are you disappointing me? So you need to have a conversation. Okay, so what happened is they started their journey when Jesus was born. So we don't know exactly what time. What we know is they were no longer in a manger and it's no longer a baby. Chances are they were in a house and it was like a toddler. That's the scene that they're coming into. Changes a couple things. We're gonna talk a lot about this a lot more on Christmas Eve, but here's, here's what I wanna do. I want you to imagine going to somebody's birthday party. Go, you're, you're like, man, it's a, it's a big one. It's the 40th, it's the 50th, it's the 16th, the 20th. It's a big one. You get there, everybody's excited. And the first question you ask is, hey guys, happy birthday. What did you get me? I'm so excited. Like, what did you get me? They're like, man, what are you talking about? You're crazy. And, and that's what we do at Christmas. We come and celebrate and we're like, hey guys, what did y'all get me? And, and I think God's up there like, how did you make this about you? Uh, isn't it about me? And so this is what I want to challenge you to do. And, and I want to challenge you. I'm giving you a two-week challenge. Two weeks from today, we're going to celebrate Christmas Eve. I, I want, it's not too late to start shopping for Jesus. I want you to think about what kind of present can you bring to the king? Don't show up empty-handed. And some of you are like, Here, here's the pastor talking about money. I never said anything about money. Some of you, it might be financial. If that's what you're withholding from God, he wants to overcome that. But I think most of us, it doesn't have anything to do with money. 
God might be saying, hey, I want you to restore that relationship. You need to forgive him. You need to forgive her. I don't know what God wants you to do. I would just say, listen, let's not show up on Christmas day empty handed. Let's show up on Christmas day saying, happy birthday, Jesus. Look what I brought you. Cause it's not about me, it's about you. Pastor, what, what, what should we get them? Listen, I'm not gonna tell you because it's different for every single one of you. There is no right gift. You go and talk to the father and say, hey, What's your boy want? I'll guarantee you, he'll tell you. You just go and ask him and you just start listening and he'll whisper something to you. And my prayer for all of us this year is that you just simply, whatever he whispers, you just obey. That's it. Whatever he would, because we want to keep the main thing, the main thing. Shortly after the wise men visit, they take, they take off. And now Herod enters the story again. And this is what he says in Matthew 2, 16. He was furious and he gave orders to kill all the boys in Bethlehem and its vicinity who were two years old and under in accordance with the time he had learned from the Magi. Listen, jealousy and entitlement always lead to sin and misery and sin always leads to death. Always. Jealousy and entitlement is what did Herod in. And this Christmas, jealousy and entitlement is what can do you and I in. There is more temptation for jealousy and entitlement this time of year than any other time. So your neighbor gets a brand new Mercedes and there's a big red ribbon on it. And you, you don't get excited, you begin to get jealous. Man, I wish I had those payments every month. Man. <laughs> Yeah, I just changed the game for you, didn't I? Yeah, I did. Listen, don't be jealous of somebody else that God is blessing. Isn't it his, everything's his. He could choose to bless whoever he wants. You see somebody that's being blessed, say, man, praise God, I'm happy for you. That's awesome. Bless people when God blesses them. And then don't be entitled. We're, we're not entitled to anything. And we know this. We live in a culture in America. Man, we, we just feel entitled to everything. And you can choose to be jealous and entitled. I'm just telling you, jealousy and entitlement lead to sin and misery. And sin leads to death. All the time. All the time. When you sin in a marriage, it ends and death one way, shape, or form. You sin in a business relationship, it ends in death one way, shape, or form. At some point, somebody has to pay the price for our sin, and that's our Savior. But he's already paid it. We don't need to keep reliving that. Jealousy and entitlement always lead to sin and misery. But here's the thing. Generosity, when you bless, when you're content, God comes and says, hey, listen, I'm gonna give you something money can't buy. I'm gonna give you peace, hope, love, and joy. Money can't buy it and nobody can take it. And that's my prayer for you this Christmas journey. That's my prayer for you Lake County and online that God will give you something this Christmas that nobody can steal, take, or destroy because it comes from above. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, God, I thank you I thank you so much 
that you made yourself available 2,000 years ago. And then you, you didn't hide. You weren't a needle in a haystack. You sent us a huge, bright star. You, you gave us over 300 uh, uh, prophecies to say, hey, listen, here's how you can know. God, you're not hiding. You're, you're revealing yourself. You have revealed yourself to the world. And we say, thank you. God, I pray for my brothers and sisters. Would you help us to keep looking up? No matter where we're at in our spiritual journey, no matter where we're at in our journey towards you, some of us, we're just now checking you out. Some of us, we're 1,400 miles away. Some of us, we've been checking you out for a couple months. Some, it's a couple of decades. Would you help us to keep looking up? Would you help us to keep moving forward? And God, regardless of the temptation this time of year, would you help us to keep the main thing, the main thing? So Lord, we love you and we thank you. It's in your son's holy and precious name we pray. Amen. 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 Thanks for listening to the weekly podcast from Jordy Christian Church. If this message was a blessing to you, be sure to click the follow button and share it with your family and friends. For more information about Jordy Christian Church, please go to jordychristian.com.